With Father's Day right around the corner, what do you give to the man who has everything? Easy. You give him an experience he'll never forget. You give him Omaha Steaks because a world-class dad deserves a world-class steak. The Father's Day experts at Omaha Steaks have made it easy to put a smile on the big guy's face this summer with hand-selected gift packages starting at just $89. Just go to omahasteaks.com and use the promo code BLUEWIRE at checkout for an additional discount when you shop gourmet gift packages for Father's Day. With Omaha Steaks, the possibilities are endless. Endless flavor, endless variety, and endless value. Truly, they have perfected more than just steak. Your dad is guaranteed to love every bite. Go to omahasteaks.com, use the promo code BLUEWIRE to get an exclusive savings. Shop for unforgettable gifts that are guaranteed to make dad's day. Because if there's one thing that Omaha Steaks knows, it's the dads want steak. That's omahasteaks.com, promo code BLUEWIRE at checkout to save on exclusive packages starting at just $89. Whether you're a world-class athlete or a podcaster like me, we all understand the importance of mental and physical well-being and proper recovery for top-notch performance. That's why I'm excited that Unified Healing is sponsoring this podcast. Unified Healing is a new and super innovative global network of wellness centers powered by Energy Enhancement System, or EE System. If you haven't heard of the EE System, you'll want to listen up. This technology promotes wellness, deep relaxation, purification, and rejuvenation. At hundreds of locations across the globe, access to a center is easy and affordable. Interested in experiencing the EE system technology for yourself? Go to unifiedhealing.com slash bluewire to learn more and find a center near you. That's unifydhealing.com slash bluewire. No material or testimonials on the Unified Healing website are intended to be viewed as medical advice or a substitute for professional medical advice, diagnosis, or treatment. Always seek the advice of your physician or other qualified healthcare provider with any questions you may have regarding a medical condition or treatment and before undertaking a new healthcare regimen, including EE system. Hey everyone, welcome to the Rotor Grinders Morning Grind Podcast. I'm your host, Stevie TPFL. It's Thursday, it's March 30th, it's 2023, and because it is March 30th, because it's 2023, it's MLB opening day. Yes, I'm excited, I'm pumped, you can hear it in my voice. I love baseball, I love breaking down baseball on the podcast. It's a sport that I played for a very long time. If you're new to the podcast, welcome. If you are an old listener, maybe a podcast listener, we do have a new Morning Grind YouTube page, so make sure you head on over there, subscribe. We go live most nights around 10 Eastern, and you can join the show live this season. Comment, questions, any of that kind of stuff, we try to answer them throughout the show. So take advantage of that. Join today. You get the the opening day slate, Keith. Uh, Eyes 819 Keith Eister, you get opening day this year. How's it going, my friend? Going really well. Excited for this baseball season. I also love baseball. It is it is my favorite sport. Of course, I, I love the NBA and I love the NFL, but MLB is my first true love. Um, so very excited to get this season going. Um, happy to be 
putting some of this NBA stuff behind us. It was just a, a crazy slate. Um, if you guys are still playing NBA DFS, you know what I'm talking about from um, the slate on what is it Wednesday? Yeah, Wednesday night. Um, so yeah, really excited for this baseball season. Can't wait to get in and break it down, and uh, look forward to being here a lot with you uh, throughout the season. Yeah, I'm pumped. Um, I think that our baseball podcast is fantastic. I'm just going to pat myself on the back. Um, I think it's by far the best podcast that we do for all the sports. Um, and I think it's more of just news doesn't change as much from the time we record to lock um, in baseball. I mean, lineups come out. There'll be guys in and out of lineups. But overall, it's a, a sport where it's a lot easier um for for guys to be there so excited welcome what's going on youtube hope everyone's having a fantastic wednesday night joining us today and uh getting rolling here keith overview really quick of the slate it's 11 games it's opening day first game gets started off at 1 p.m eastern so if you're on the west coast um it's a very interesting wake up early have some coffee and um, enjoy some baseball throughout the day. I have a honey-do list in the morning and then I get to enjoy baseball. So um, I'm going to get that honey-do list done as fast as I possibly can. But overview of the slate really quick. We have stud after stud after stud after stud after stud after stud pitcher. Um, that's important to note because, I mean, really today is one of those days where you can spread out your pitching and have so many different ways that you could potentially build with pitching today. So we'll talk about pitchers that we like that we don't like. Pitch count is huge. Um, I mean, there's going to be reports and stuff like that. There's some reports that I've already found that I've gone through. I've gone through a lot of the spring training data to look at like who's kind of stretched out and who's not type of thing. So we'll talk about all that, but pitching is important and weather. Um, I don't, I hope that we don't have any weather tomorrow. I haven't even checked. So um, 11 game slate excited. I'm, I'm ready to go. Yeah, absolutely. It's one of the mo more unique slates of the year. We get the same type of deal after the all-star break where we just have a slate that's absolutely loaded with everyone's number one starters. Um, and because of that, the pricing is on some of these guys is just crazy. Like we're used to paying like over 9k for guys like Aaron Nola, Blake Snell, Shane McClanahan. Some of these guys are down in like the 7k's on DraftKings. FanDuel it's a little bit tighter, but DraftKings uh, pitcher pricing is one of the things that absolutely jumped out at me. You're going to have lots of upside options and and many of them as well. So definitely spread out the pitching. Um, pitch counts are important. We'll definitely note any that we know are limited or any that we feel like are, are good and stretched out and could possibly throw a hundred pitches, but generally you're not going to see a hundred pitches on opening day. You're going to be in that 80 to 90 range more than likely on most of them. Um, and there's always the possibility that that pitchers we know of as like aces that we don't usually attack. Well, first of all, you don't have many options to attack pitchers on the slate unless you want to play into the massive chalk. So you need to be comfortable picking on guys you wouldn't normally pick on, but it's early in the season. Their command can be slow to, to start. Um, velocity could be down a couple of ticks. So definitely be open to that. Uh, but yeah, a unique slate compared to what we'll see for a good majority of the season, but always a really fun one. Tons of options, lots of different ways to go. Year seven. Um, this is year seven of the morning grind. We started baseball season in 2016. So everyone that's been along for the ride, thank you 
appreciate each and every one of you. We get started here. Opening day. We start with the Giants and Yankees in Yankee Stadium. Seven total in this one. We have a Yankees minus 184. Um, Logan Webb against Garrett Cole. So let's start with Logan Webb here going up against the Yankees. Logan Webb, 82 and 46 pitches his last two um, spring. I assume we see him go 80 to 90 pitches. I will say that he did struggle a little bit more than I thought he would in spring training. He is usually pretty consistent, so maybe a slow start to the season. Tough matchup against the Yankees. What are your thoughts here on Logan Webb? Yeah, so like this is a, one of the scenarios. Logan Webb, a really good real-life pitcher, um, good ground ball pitcher, not a huge strikeout guy. So I don't know that I – like he's right next to Shane McClanahan, who has a 30% strikeout rate or better uh, compared to a guy like Webb who has a 20% strikeout rate. And he's also moving from a very friendly pitcher's park um, out on the West coast in San Francisco into Yankee stadium. Obviously the, the weather is a little bit chilly this time of year, maybe not as much risk for home runs here today in New York, um, but it's still a tough ballpark downgrade for him. I like the options around him a lot better. So I don't think I'll be getting to a ton of Logan Webb. Um, Tough Yankees lineup, tough stadium. Certainly don't mind the price, but I, just the options around him today. Um, I, I think there are, are more, there, there are pitchers with better upside around him. Yeah, Logan Webb, ground ball pitcher. Um, someone that really kind of relies on the ground balls. Not a huge strikeout guy, like you mentioned, 20.7. Don't think I want to play Logan Webb today. I think there's better options. Um, so he's not going to be someone that I end up on. I don't mind the price tag. Like if this was an opening day slate with so many studs, I think we'd be talking about him a little bit more for tournaments. But overall, not a not a huge fan of this spot for Logan Webb. Uh, Garrett Cole on the other side of this game, he's kind of stretched out. 81 and 84 pitches his last two starts. Looked great in spring training. Uh, velocity is there. So I think he's someone that is on the top end of my list today. I think that this is a spot where Giants are a good team, but they're not a great team. There's a lot of strikeouts in the bottom half of this team. Um, this is a uh, the only concern for me on Cole is a very left-handed heavy team in Yankee Stadium. But I mean, the fact that he's already he's already kind of throwing 80 pitches in spring, like I think like 95 to 100 pitches is very like doable here for Cole. I, I think that we might see him on the high end of like pitch count. And I think, you know, when we're chasing ceiling, when we're chasing all that kind of stuff, when it comes to pitching a pitcher with a 32% K rate with the high pitch count ceiling, I think he has to be in our, in our top, probably top three for me today. Yeah. I'm, I'm right there with you. Um, a nine K price tag too. This is a guy we've played upwards of 12 K before, like when in the middle of the season, when he's fully stretched out, he's going to assuming that he has the year, a year like he is used to having, He's going to be 11 or 12 K on, on a lot of slates. So very fair price tag. Don't mind the matchup against San Francisco. I'm, I'm with you on the left-handed heavy. Like it wouldn't surprise me if he gave up a home run or two, uh, but as long as he racks up the strikeouts and, and goes fairly deep into this game, definitely some great upside here. Um, if he's able to limit the damage, maybe the weather helps with that a little bit, just the, a little bit of cooler temperatures. Um, he could absolutely smash the slate. So totally agree. He's, he's in my top tier today as well. Um, San Francisco is a tough lineup to figure out. Like a lot of new pieces here. They're, they're a team that platoons a ton. Um, but I wouldn't put them in the, like, even in the top half of baseball, I don't think. So good matchup here for Cole. Um, great price tag. 
for what it's worth, the, the Giants are a team that I'm very um, invested in their um, season-long win total. Um, I took over um, in, a, in a few different places. So, yeah, I mean, I think the Giants are going to have a, a stellar year. I just don't think um, this is the right spot for them to start that like stellar year off. Um, so, I mean, that's just kind of where I'm at when it comes to uh, Cole and the Giants lineup. I mean... I could see a one-off or two trying to chase a home run with like a, a Jock Peterson or a Conforto type of play. I don't think this is a stack spot for the Giants. I think the fact that like Cole is already kind of stretched out, the Yankees bullpen is still very good. Um, Peterson's 43. That's a tough price tag. So I think like my one-off here would probably be Conforto at 3K. Yeah, I, I like all the lefties. I do like Peterson. Um, th- like that price against Cole is is not ideal. Um, it's fine to save the money and go down to Conforto. If Peterson's really low owned, I'll I'll be double or triple the field on him. I think he has a, as good a chance as anybody in the lineup to hit a home run. Um, I think Yastrzemski is in play as well as a one off. Um, but yeah, I'm, I'm with you. I think Conforto is my favorite, but I, I do like Jock quite a bit, um, and I'll sprinkle in some Yastrzemski too. Agree that I'm, yeah. I'm not trying to stack. Like Cole can give up the home runs, but the control's typically outstanding, um, and he just he doesn't get hit, hit around a lot outside of maybe a, a home run or two in most of his outings. The bullpen's so good too. I mean, you yeah. got to remember the bullpen stats, and I mean the Yankees bullpen's still very good. Um, the Yankees bats here against Webb. Webb, like I said, big time ground ball pitcher. Um, I think this kind of benefits a guy like Rizzo and Judge. They're kind of fly ball guys. You know, we like fly ball hitters against ground ball pitchers. It, you know, obviously generates more line drives. And when you have a lineup with this, you know, type of stellar um, upside, I think on opening day, you have to have some exposure um, to the Yankees. So, Definitely on my list for teams I want to stack today. Um, I have a ton of interest in this spot for Rizzo. Um, of all people, he's expensive. So is Judge. So is Stanton. But this is a good spot for Rizzo. He hits ground ball pitchers very well. And I think this is a spot you could take advantage of that. Yep. I uh, love targeting fly ball hitters here. Rizzo, Judge, the two best. Um, Cabrera, the, the young guy, he'll probably move all around the diamond. Um, had a huge fly ball rate last season. Um, he probably hit a little bit above his head um, for the Yankees last year. I, I don't know if he's that good of a hitter, um, but he he is a talented young hitter. Had a, showed a really strong fly ball rate. So Oswald Cabrera, another guy that I I really like here. I, I probably use this more as a three man stack than I do yeah. a full five man stack, um, just because Webb has great control. Not a guy that gets beat up a ton. Even if he does allow some traffic on the bases, he's very good at getting the ground ball to get him the double play and get out of the inning. Um, but certainly don't mind three and even talk me into four probably. Um, but yeah, Rizzo and Judge, my favorites. I like Cabrera a good amount. Um, but it, I wouldn't kick like, even though um, like Stanton is not as as good of a fly ball hitter as Judge, I've, I think you can still use him. Um, you have some bullpen innings also. Atlanta Braves, Washington Nationals, seven and a half total in this one. The Braves, a minus 270 favorites. We got Max Fried, Patrick Corbin, your 2023 World Series champion, Atlanta Braves, Max Fried. <laughs> Max Fried, 68 pitches. And then his last time out, only through 24 pitches, had a good spring. The 24 pitches were very efficient. Um, and we, we see that in spring training sometimes. 
where guys can get through like three or four innings with very low pitch counts. And I mean, that's all they're kind of chalked up to, you know, pitch that day. I'm worried about Freed. I think Freed is one of the guys that I'm worried a little bit about pitch count. I think he's more on like the 80 to 85 range than like the 95 to 100 range. Um, the matchup's great. The The Washington Nationals lineup, we're going to be talking about them a lot to start the beginning of the season. Um, it's not a very good lineup. Uh, you know, the bottom half of this lineup is atrocious. You know, really no strong pieces in this lineup right now. Um I mean, I worry about the pitch count, but I mean, Freed should just absolutely cruise in this spot. Yeah, he's a really efficient pitcher to begin with. The 4% walk rate definitely helps with that. Not a huge strikeout pitcher, but the matchup has me pretty intrigued here. Um, Even though we may not get 90 pitches even out of him, I think he can certainly pay off this price tag. Um, Trying to pull it up right now, sorry. Um, He is... 8100 so a little bit pricier than like Snell and McClanahan. I think that leads to lower ownership here on Freed. Also, he's not typically a, a great DFS pitcher because he doesn't have a ton of strikeouts. But this Nationals lineup, I mean, you have names like Candelario and Dominic Smith hitting in the middle of the order here. He should be able to cruise, e- even if he only gets 80 pitches. I think he can make it through six innings pretty easily. I'm pretty interested here in, in Max Freed. I, I think the ownership number will be pretty nice um, with s- some of the guys that are just underneath him. All right, going to the other side, Patrick Corbin. Um, listen, we break down both sides of every game, and sometimes it's just like no, and I think this is one of those spots. It's just no. Um, Corbin, 18% Ks, 4.8 XFIP last season, really struggles against right-handed power hitters, uh, allows a ton of power to right-handed hitters. Acuna, Riley, they went out and got Sean Murphy to add a little bit more power at either DH or catcher. Um, Ozuna should be back. Albies hits right-handed or left-handed pitchers from the right side with a lot of power. Travis Darno, another catcher that hits um, left-handed pitching. Like This is a spot where I want nothing to do with Corbin. I think the Braves are going to be the chalkiest stack on the slate. We'll talk about that in a second, but... Am I missing anything here with Corbin? Do you have any interest in him? No interest. I don't think that we need the savings today. Um, there's just no upside with a guy who has a strikeout rate under 20% going against arguably one of the top offenses in baseball. Um, you mentioned Braves World Series champs coming up, and we were both on a futures survey uh, for this MLB season, and I, I also picked the Braves. So I'm right there with you. This is a really talented offense on the other side, and possibly arguably the the least talented pitcher on the slate all right let's talk Braves bats they're going to be very popular here um for good reason i mean they're a very good offense they have a ton of upside let's talk about how we could potentially get different because we're going to agree riley murphy um arcuna is probably the one of the top hitters on the slate you know so we're going to agree like we're both going to agree this is a fantastic spot so how if you're thinking about like how you could potentially get different, my initial thought was a wraparound stack with Darno instead of Murphy playing Arcia to kind of make everything work price-wise and then getting Acuna, Riley, and either Ozuna or Olsen lefty-lefty um, to make my wraparound stack very different. Um, my, that's my initial thought. I mean, you could even wrap it around with like Albies. You could potentially not play Acuna with like Riley Murphy, Ozuna, Albies, Harris. Um, 
like Olsen and Harris, lefty lefty. If you don't think Corbin's going to go long, you could take the lefties in this spot. Um, it's not like Corbin is amazing against lefties. He has a lower strikeout rate against lefties than he does against righties. Um, so I, I mean, a lot of different ways to be different. <laughs> this is a good spot. Yeah, absolutely. You, you laid out some, a couple of great different ways there. My initial thought is the lefties, like people just see lefty lefty and they automatically run away from that in their stack. Matt Olson has handled lefties really well throughout his career. Um, and like you said, I don't expect Corbin to last very long in this one. The Washington bullpen is atrocious or projects to be atrocious this year. Um, so I'm not afraid to play Matt Olson, even Michael Harris. Um, like if Michael Harris moves down in the order because it's lefty lefty, if he's hitting six or seventh, he's going to be like an unowned piece of this stack where if they beat up on Corbin and get him out of there before the second time that Harris comes to the plate, you have three plate appearances against a really weak bullpen. So the lefties was my initial thought. I love your idea of the wrap wraparound stack too. Um, RC is a guy with a little bit of pop, a little bit of speed, 2,600. I mean, I don't care that he's batting ninth in a tournament. He hits me a home run and steals me a base. That's a smash. Um, like th there's just so much goodness on the, in the Atlanta side. Don't be afraid to play the lefties. Don't be afraid to play the bottom of the order. Everyone in play here. Yeah. Great spot for the Braves. Um, you know, I, if you're a longtime listener or you've heard me on grinders live or red expert survey, you know that I love to punt catcher. I mean, two of the top catcher plays are both from this game. Darno and Sean Murphy are just fantastic. They're both under 3,500. Um, and like, like even on FanDuel, like if you're playing on FanDuel today, I mean, if you're looking at stacking Braves on FanDuel, like Austin Riley is really cheap for what like his upside is, but you can, I mean, you can do some things here uh, when you're looking at stacking Atlanta over there because of the catcher position, not being like needing to play a catcher. So you can take a, like a, a Sean Murphy type of play over on FanDuel and, you know, maybe go Riley Murphy, Acuna, Olsen's type of stack or um, Albie's. So a lot of different ways to be different when it comes to this. I mean, Nationals hitters, I got nothing. I want nothing to do with Max Freed. He's so efficient. He's such a great pitcher. This lineup is really, really bad. Um, Manessis, maybe, but he's so expensive that I don't want a one-off a $5,200 Manessis um, against Max Freed. Yeah, that, that price tag was jumping out at me, too. Like, that just that seems ridiculous. $3,500 here, we're talking about it way more. Right. Like he did, he hit really well against lefties last, last year in a limited sample, but like, I just, I can't do it on, on this slate. Ruiz is a cheap catcher, but even he's not like minimum priced. Um, yeah. I, I have no interest in stacking against Freed. He just doesn't get blown up. And even the power hitters, like I like Manessas is the one I want and then I can't do with that price tag. So probably out completely. All right. Cruising along. We got Baltimore at Boston nine total. Kyle Gibson against Corey Kluber. Some reason the Red Sox are a 130 favorite in this game. Um, we'll start with Kyle Gibson. Listen, Kyle Gibson's not a great pitcher. The one thing that we're going to notice really fast about this Red Sox lineup is it's not a ton of power, but there's not a lot of strikeouts. Um, you know, you look up and down this lineup. Verdugo is a, a contact hitter. Uh, Justin Turner is a contact hitter. Arroyo is a contact hitter. Kiki Hernandez is a contact hitter. Um, so Devers doesn't strike out a lot. 
So we're going to see the Red Sox put the ball in play a lot this season. Um, I don't think I want to play Kyle Gibson on a star-studded slate like this. Yeah, I agree with you. I, I have no interest in Kyle Gibson. I am much more interested in Boston Bats. All right, let's talk Corey Kluber on the other side. My first, I'm going to give this one to you guys. Scores and odds, my first baseball prop of the season was Corey Kluber under four and a half strikeouts. Um, so I am not a fan of Kluber in this spot. He's coming off of a, a career low in strikeouts and a career low in velocity. Um, that velocity did not pick up in spring. He's not very stretched out. Um, I to Listen, this dude had a 1.5 whip in spring training, and that's really high. That's really high. So for me on Kluber, he throws a lot of strikes. He was struggling with command in spring training. He needs those strikes. Like, I want nothing to do with Corey Kluber here. Yeah, I, I agree with you. I mean, as many aces as we have on this, I'm going to be targeting strikeouts for the most part. Um, even I'd be willing to take shots on guys with more strikeout upside but a shorter release um, than try to get six innings out of Corey Kluber and end up with four strikeouts. Just don't think it's going to be enough with all the the ace firepower on this slate. So, um, and Baltimore, I think, is a, is a really talented offense too. We saw them kind of break out at the end of last year and have a really good second half of the season. So, don't love the matchup here either. Let's talk about these Baltimore bats. One of my favorite stacks in the slate to pivot off of the Braves is the Baltimore um, Orioles. Like this game's in Fenway, uh, good hitters ballpark. You know, we saw like Baltimore kind of turn into a pitcher's ballpark more than anything else last season my only concern is it's going to be kind of cold like 40s 50s um i like baltimore a lot rutchman mullins um santander henderson is like the favorite to win the rookie of the year i think this is a fantastic spot for them to start the season on the right note um they're expensive they're expensive um that's the i mean drawback but at the end of the day like it's not going to be that hard to make an expensive stack work yeah, we've got a lot of minimum priced hitters that are going to be finding their way into the lineups, just guys that are lacking experience, but it's early in the season and prices haven't adjusted. So there's plenty of value bats. The pitching is cheaper than we're used to seeing as well. So agree, like the, I'm not worried about Baltimore pricing here. I think it's a great spot for them. Great park. Um, agree with everything you said. Love Rutschman, love Mullins at the top. Um, I noticed Josh in, in chat was commenting about the stolen bases this year. I completely agree with that. I think we're going to see a huge uptick in stolen bases. So a guy like Cedric Mullins gets a bump, who's already a pretty good fantasy guy. I wouldn't be afraid to use a guy like Jorge Mateo, who had a ton of stolen bases last year. Um, assuming he's in the lineup, of course. But like speed guys are going to be much more in play. Like for years in DFS, all we've targeted home runs for the most part, just because stolen bases are harder to p- predict. Um, but I think I will be leaning on that a little bit more, especially earlier in the year before people have really caught on to it. All right. Um, my Red Sox. Yoshida coming over from Japan. Um, obviously one of the bigger names um, this offseason. He's someone that, I mean, this guy, very, very talented, you know, from what we saw in the Japan League Um He's really interesting at 4,400. Obviously, I think Devers is one of the top hitters on the entire slate. Uh, we're going to talk about him a lot this season. He's just he's so above average when it comes to contact plus power skills. Um, so he's just someone that most nights you, if you're playing a lot of teams, you want to have some exposure to. So after that, it kind of gets 
murky, I think. Um, we do have some cheap plays here. I think looking at like Tristan Cassis at 2,900 is someone that we're going to be looking at for some value. I really hope that he hits f- uh, fifth and not six and Duvall hits six. Um, we kind of have it projected where Duvall would hit fifth and Cassis would hit six. So I hope it's the opposite because then you can get a nice little stack going. Um, Verdugo is a guy that's really interesting, you know, kind of talking about your stolen base thing for the season. He's someone that has no problem running um, at all. Banged up last season. Everything I've read is he sounds very healthy coming in here um, and he should hit leadoff to start the season. And from what I'm a Red Sox fan, um, I follow the Red Sox very closely and everything they've kind of talked about here with Cora is it's going to be a very rotating situation at leadoff so i think if you're verdugo and you get first opportunity here to hit leadoff you want to make a splash and have a good start to the season so um he's someone that can run he has some upside in that aspect i think the red Sox are very very in play here for a stack i think the red Sox are one of my favorite stacks on the entire slate um like if i'm trying to get away from atlanta i'm i'm looking at boston as one of my very next options um you mentioned devers just one of the best hitters in in baseball very intrigued by Yoshida and what he was do- what he did in in Japan, and then the success that he had in the WBC already as well. Yep, um, just a already meaning four bats this year. Yep, yep, absolutely. Um, Cassis is one of the best power prospects in all of baseball. Twenty nine hundred, like that's what I like. I'm talking about value hitters. Cassis is not going to be twenty nine hundred for very long this season. Um, first couple of home runs, he's going to be up above four K pretty quickly here. Um, and then I'm looking like Gibson is a guy who he does strike out more righties, but he also gives up more hard contact to righties. So I, I'm not necessarily just looking to pick on him with lefties guys like Justin Turner, Kiki Hernandez. Um, Boston also plays great for right-handed power. Like there, there's a lot of stuff lining up here for Boston. Um, if, if I'm ruling out Atlanta being too chalky, I think Boston is my, my next look on, on the whole slate. So my initial build on FanDuel, I like to run 4-4 four, four stacks on FanDuel. I do that a lot. Um, if it's not 4-4, four, four, it's usually like 3-3-2. Three, three, my first initial build was a 4-4 four, four Boston-Baltimore game stack. Um, we look at the the quality of pitchers on this slate as a whole, and you're like, what are, what are Baltimore and Boston running out? We're running out Kyle Gibson and Corey Kluber on opening <laughs> day? Like, We're going to talk about like great pitchers for like the next like however many games we got going. Like, ah. Uh, this is a spot you want to attack. It's just a spot you want to attack. So, all right, moving on. We got Milwaukee at Chicago, seven and a half total here. Corbin Burns, Marcus Stroman, Burns, a minus 148 favorite in this game. A little bit of wind blowing out of Wrigley, kind of cold, not like super cold, not super wind, but like 10 miles an hour, according to Kevin Roth. If you don't follow Kevin Roth's weather reports, you should. That is one of the most key ingredients to making you a good DFS baseball player. All right, let's go Corbin Burns. Um, I'm concerned. Uh, <laughs> can I just go out and say that I'm definitely concerned? Like I'm going to play some Corbin Burns, no doubt about it, but I'm also concerned. I'm I'm very worried that like he only threw his max pitches in spring training was 41. Um, so he is anything but stretched out for this start. So I'm concerned with Corbin Burns when it comes to pitch count. Um, not concerned with him pitching well. He's someone that is very efficient. He has massive strikeout upside. I'm concerned like we might see him throw like 80 pitches here. And he is 
I mean, he's still a good play. You look at the Cubs lineup and it's better than what it was at the end of last season. A lot of miss and match pieces. I know you're a Cubs fan. I, I'm just a little worried about Burns's pitch count ceiling uh, more than anything else. I have the same concerns and I dug into this a fair amount today um, because I noticed the same thing about spring training pitch counts. Uh, I looked at what he did last year and it was very similar, like never through like, I think he was 38 and 39 were his two highest last year. And then on opening day, he threw 83 pitches. So you're, you're spot on right there. Ooh. I like I'm concerned. Like, I don't know why there's also lots of reports floating around out there. He's complaining about the pitch clock a lot. Um, I agree. I'm concerned. And when we have this many other good options, I don't know that I wanted to go way overweight the field on him. Like he's a guy that I'll probably end up shorting on this slate. If I think I'm getting 95 pitches from Cole and 95 pitches from Scherzer, but only 80 from, from Corbin Burns, like it, it's no, we're no longer just comparing skills. Like we're comparing the leash here as well. So I, I think I end up underweight on Burns. Uh, there are a lot of strikeouts in the in the Cubs lineup. I think he could absolutely go out and strike out eight or nine in five innings. Um, I will have some exposure, but I agree. I, I have the same concerns. And look, when I saw noticed the pattern and look back at last year, it did not make me feel any better. Yeah, I mean, good concerns to have. I think we can be this picky because we have fifteen elite pitchers pitching today. Um, so we can be this picky. We can have concerns like between Burns and like, we're going to talk about Max Scherzer and like his leash is massive. He, he threw a hundred pitches in his last spring training game. So like, just to give you an idea, Burns, like I said, he threw 41. So when I'm comparing and I'm looking at matchups, like Miami's lineup is not much better than the Cubs lineup, if any better. And the fact that like, I might get 20 more pitches, you give me 20 more pitches on these elite pitchers. I'll take the 20 extra pitches all day long. Um, the other side of this game, we got Marcus Stroman, who, I mean, this is a guy that has two like intense starts under his belt already. Like he had two world baseball classic starts. He threw 133 combined pitches in those two starts. So a guy coming into the season, that's very ready to come into the season. Um, he's very ready to come into the season. My biggest concern with Stroman is always the same thing. He's not a huge strikeout guy. Um, he doesn't walk a lot of people. And he's typically someone that doesn't get blown up because of his pitch type. Um, he's a guy that likes to generate a lot of ground balls using cutters and sliders um, and sinkers. So I don't know if this is the right slate for Stroman. I'm definitely not stacking against him. We'll talk about maybe a couple one-offs here, but I don't think I'm playing Stroman though. I agree with you. Um, it's just not the way I'm attacking the slate. There's so many 30% strikeout guys on the slate. These guys that are, only a thousand dollars cheaper, less than that in some cases, um, and have 20% strikeout rates. They just, they have to either pitch so much longer or be so much more efficient. Like could Stroman go, come out here and strike out eight? He could. Is that the most likely outcome? No, it's not at all. Um, the Brewers like our lineup, I think we can pick on a little bit. It's definitely down from where it has been in years past. Um, like Yelich is at the same guy. Adama strikes out plenty. Um, William Contreras strikes out a bunch and then there's young guys at the bottom of the order who also strike out a lot. I think we'll attack this Brewers lineup for strikeouts later on in the season. Stroman's not the 
guy to do that with though. So despite a fair price tag on a different slate, I'd be very interested in, in him here, but I'm, I'm targeting 30% strikeout guys for the majority of my exposure on the slate. Yeah. You got to try. I mean, like even, even if he goes out and have as a quality start on FanDuel, I just don't know if he outscores the like ceiling strikeout guys. Um, and I think that's the biggest concern when you're looking at it. And just so you know, Keith, Dave in chat says Cubs suck. Um, he's born and raised St. Louis Cardinals fan. So he oh, just man. You, Dave and I are going to have you an issue. <laughs> <laughs> uh, uh, listen, I'm so excited to have YouTube uh, chat for baseball season and live shows because we can have so much fun with it. Um, so Robert and everyone else, I appreciate your kind words that you guys have been saying over there in YouTube. We're paying attention. I got it up. Um, you guys, YouTube chat is right next to Keith's face. So I have to pay attention to both of you. All right, let's talk Brewers bats. Um, again, Stroman, not typically a guy I want to like stack against because of his ground balls. I will say Adamas, Tellus, Winker, these are fly ball hitters. Um, I really want Winker to have a, a bounce back season. Like he's someone that I, I just I don't know if he got the full like full like mix of it. You got Contreras, um, not that Contreras. <laughs> got you. Um, he plays for Dave's Cardinals, unfortunately. I know he does. Um, <laughs> So talk to me. What are your thoughts here on Milwaukee? Yeah, I'm kind of with you. Like similar to what we talked about with Max Freed and um, Webb, like just guys that are not fun to stack against because they, they have great control. They get ground balls to get out of jams when they get traffic on the bases. I, I'm not stacking here. I think you're home run hunting. Um, Stroman, pretty equal splits. Um, he actually struck, struck out significantly more lefties than last year but and but hard, hard contact was about the same um allowed, allowed a little bit more power as far as iso goes to lefties so Tellas and weaker first look i i will i like adamas though too that's a great call um talented young guy with with a, a lot of power so i'm looking for home runs here probably not stacking all right uh your cubbies Obviously, a new look Cubs lineup: Swanson, uh, Bellinger, Mancini, Hosmer, um, Rios, I think, as well, and Barnhart. So, very, very new look Cubs lineup um, for sure. I don't know what to expect. I don't know if I really want to test it in this spot. I think there's going to be a lot of wait and see for me when it comes to the Cubs this season. The fact that it's kind of cold and wriggly helps that a little bit. The fact that they're facing Burns um, helps that as well. I mean, we look at last season and these guys just no numbers, but we look at the talent on this lineup and it's it's a pretty solid, talented lineup. It's just whether or not they show up. Uh, do you have any interest in the Cubs bats here? It's just I can't justify the pricing, honestly. Um, Swanson at fifty three hundred. Pricing like, does not matter on opening day. It, it doesn't, but like, <laughs> I'm if I, if I'm, it, like to a little to an extent, it does. It like, does, yeah. Like and they're facing an elite pitcher, so. Like it's, I don't know if it's the spot like Swanson at 5,300 wisdom at 4,800 hat 4,700. Like those are like, if they were a thousand cheaper, then yeah, I'd be like, stack them up and let me jam in Cole and Scherzer and and I'll go to bat with my Cubs. But I just, I don't because it's burns and I'm not getting a discount on it hardly at all. A little bit cold in, in Wrigley. Um, it plays much more uh, pitcher friendly in the, the beginning of the season. So I'll probably stack it, st- have one stack, um, but it, it won't be much beyond that. It's a large field, one t- one team type of thing. 
Yeah, and me personally, I play three lineups in baseball. Um, I talk about how I'm a single entry person for uh, basketball. I play. I typically play three lineups on FanDuel and DraftKings each day um, on days that I'm playing. So I don't think I end up on any Cubs today. Um, if anybody, if anybody, it would probably be Bellinger, fly ball hitter, ground ball pitcher, uh, power. I mean, Bellinger would probably be my one-off here uh, for Cubbies. Detroit Tigers, Tampa Bay Rays, seven total. Eduardo Rodriguez, Shane McClanahan going up against each other here. Uh, McClanahan is minus 230. We'll go Eduardo Rodriguez first. He's kind of stretched out, Keith. He threw 75 and 85 pitches in his last two starts here. I think he had a start or some work like in the World Baseball Classic, but it was only like two innings and it wasn't very good. He did not. He did, But it was like his whip was something like really crazy high. Um, so, or Babbitt, his Babbitt was really high. I think he had like a 777 Babbitt in two innings in the World Baseball Classic, if I remember correctly, when I was looking at it earlier today. Um, any interest here in Eduardo Rodriguez? So I noticed he had really good spring numbers too. Um, I'm just concerned about what we saw from him last year. And I know he was dealing with some personal things and, and ended up leaving the team for a, a long while, a couple months at least. But his strikeout rate was all the way down to 18%. This is a guy who yep. has been up in the mid, mid-20s, mid 25 26% strikeouts before in his career. I, I think I just I need to see it from him. Um, I like the Tampa Bay side of this. I, I know he's had a good spring, and I hope he gets it back on track. I think he's a super talented pitcher. I probably just wait and see. With so many options on opening day, I think I can, can wait and see. Maybe he burns me. Maybe he continues his, his good run from spring. Um, but I, I'm more interested in, in stacking Tampa bats. I don't have a ton of interest in Eduardo Rodriguez either. Again, it's just one of those slates where there's so many great options that I don't think I have to go there. McClanahan on the other side of this game, though. Oh, baby. <laughs> My only concern here is pitch count. He threw 67 pitches in his last one. I could see him getting to 80, 85. Um we know what Tampa does. Tampa is a very conservative team when it comes to pitch count, um, just in general. And McClanahan was very conservative pitch count last season. I don't know if it matters too much. I think he goes out and he has a very efficient start here. I think he gets some strikeouts. This lineup's just not good. I mean, Baez is a guy that in his prime was crushing left-handed pitching. Uh, Miguel Cabrera crushed left-handed pitching, but Miguel Cabrera had a .041 ISO last season against left-handed pitching. So no real like power threats, good pitchers ballpark. Don't have to worry about weather cold or hot. This is just a spot where McClanahan, I think he goes out and throws like six really quality innings. He's $2,000 too cheap. Like, he's $2,000 too cheap on DraftKings. He's just, it's ridiculous. It's more of a conversation on FanDuel because the leash could be a little bit of a concern, but he yeah. is priced like an SP two on every other slate that we're going to play this year. Um, He's, he's just way too cheap. He did tire down the stretch last year. Um, so I agree. Like Tampa could be really conservative with him early just to make sure that, that he can have a, enough longevity to get through to the playoffs because he, he did break down at the end of last year. It was a career high in innings. He should be set up to be a little bit more durable this season. If you go back and look at McClanahan's first half numbers, dude was the best pitcher in baseball for a half the yeah. season. He had a 34% strikeout rate and his walk rate was like 4%. And then the last month of the season, he got blown up a couple of times. His, his K's completely disappeared, but he was on his way to winning a Cy Young. If he could have held up throughout the whole season, 
he was he was absolutely going to be in the conversation. He still finished like sixth. This, for my money, is one of the absolute best pitchers in baseball. He has one of the best matchups on the entire board. He's in his home pitcher-friendly home park. Like, it's just, I don't think I care what the ownership number is. I just have to play McClanahan at this price. Before history is written, it's played. Before it's frozen in time, it's fought one shift at a time. Before it's etched in silver, it's carved in ice. What happens next will last forever. The Stanley Cup Final on ABC and ESPN Plus begins Saturday. Top three. Top three for me. Um, We talked about Cole being a top three. We're going to talk about Scherzer. Those are my top three. Um, DeGrom is a really close third, but his comments the other day about 70-something pitches for opening day puts him out of my top three. Um, So DeGrom with 70 pitches can still strike out 10 people. And I mean, that's something we'll talk about. But McClanahan should have a very quality start. Um, Again, the conversation on FanDuel, I mean, I'm he would be third for me. Like, I, I'm definitely prioritizing Scherzer and Cole over McClanahan on FanDuel when we're looking at pricing and pitching and all the pitch counts and stuff like that. Um, but uh, on DraftKings, you nailed it. You nailed it when you said he's two thousand dollars too cheap. And every year we have one guy or two guys or three guys that are underpriced, and it is clearly McClanahan. I have no interest in Detroit bats. There's nothing that remotely even. I, I want to play here. Um, I, I mean, nothing. Yeah, completely agree. It's a terrible park for home runs. McClanahan, I expect him to strike out 30-plus percent of guys again this season. Um, just a tough matchup. I'm not trying to pick on him at all. Tampa Bats. I have some interest in the Tampa Bats. I know you talked about it Um I think they're a very underrated stack here today. Brandon Lau, lefty-lefty. He hits left-handed pitching very well. Eduardo Rodriguez had big-time reverse power splits last season. He really struggled with left-handed power. So I like this stack. Franco, a Rosarina, low. Um, Paredes is someone that has plenty of power against left-handed pitching. Margot is someone that is a big-time like on-base guy and that can run. Um, Yande Diaz is another guy that's a big-time on-base guy. But he doesn't run, so I like the I like the raise stack. A couple different ways to build it, but I would not leave Brandon Low um, Lau out of my uh, Brave stack or raise stack. Raise stack. Yep. Um, I just completed the expert survey about an hour before we jumped on here, and I wrote up the raise as my favorite sneaky stack. Um, I'm, I just don't know what we're getting from Eduardo Rodriguez. He struggled a lot last year. Strikeout rate fell below twenty percent. And I think the Rays are a talented team. Um, I love your comments on Lau. Completely agree. Handled lefties well throughout his career. Rodriguez had massive splits last season. The rest of the guys, like they're going to platoon a lot. They're similar to the Giants in that regard. The, the rest of the righties have hit lefties really well throughout their career. Franco is one of the most talented hitters in baseball, just young and still figuring it out. Um, I think he's in for a huge season. Yandy Diaz is great against lefties. Um Harold Ramirez is great against lefties. Paredes has big power against lefties. Like they, they just set up really well. Um, also, like the ballpark I mentioned as a, a plus for McClanahan, but when I'm looking to stack, like it's if it's cold, 45 degrees in a lot of places, 
New York, Boston, like a lot of the Northeast is really cold being in the dome. There's not near as much of a disadvantage um, for the hitters here in this park compared when you're comparing it to the rest of the league. Um, it's just not as big of a deal early in the season when it's colder in a lot of spots. And then we don't know if Franco's going to play or not. Um, he was hitting off a tee Monday. Um, so I think he, I think he's like everything that I've read is he's trending towards playing for um, Dave or Richie was asking in chat. Is Franco hurt? Franco is banged up day to day, but um, it's like a quad injury. And everything that I've read is like, he's trending towards playing. So I think he's a guy that definitely wants to start the season on the right note and he wants to be out there. So we'll see. It's not going to be his decision. Let's be honest. Philadelphia at Texas taking on the Rangers six and a half total in this one. Aaron Nola against Jacob DeGrom. This is an opening day baseball game. Uh, six and a half total. DeGrom is a minus 134 favorite. We're going to start with Aaron Nola. It's kind of a, a somewhat new look Texas pitching staff, but the same kind of hitters. A lot of strikeouts here, Keith. Like, very sneaky matchup for Aaron Nola. You know, we're going to talk about Scherzer. We talked about Cole. We talked about McClanahan. But one of the best strikeout matchups on the slate today is Aaron Nola. Uh, there's six guys in this lineup with strikeout rates over 24% against right-handed pitching last season. So I think Aaron Nola is a fantastic tournament play today. Yeah, right there with you. Um, I did have small pitch count concerns. Um not yeah. not massive ones. I just I don't see him getting to 100 pitches in this one. But he he threw 78 pitches the start before his last two, start. So right, and then the last one was 48 or something like that. I think. it was 37. So, yeah, he went from yeah. 78 or, or yeah 78 to 37. So I think Which, he's closer to 90. Yeah, I and I agree with that. Um, like a lot of times there will be something that they notice in their outing in, in spring training, and they'll just they'll shut it down for the day. They'll go finish their work inside. Um, Yep. or in the bullpen or something like they're, they're definitely throwing on the side, even though they only threw that many in a game in a lot of cases. So seeing him throw 78 or whatever it was in a game, pretty confident he got his work in and he should be pretty close to full leash. Just wanted to note that there was a dip for, for whatever reason in, in his final start. Um, but the matchup is absolutely fantastic. Like you, you talked about the strikeout rates. It's just the K column is red from the three hitter down in this um, Rangers lineup. Nola, historically a guy that has a, a great leash, big K rate, and, and an awesome walk rate. Um, so he can be efficient. Even if he doesn't have 95 pitches in him today, he, he can get through six or seven innings just based on efficiency alone. So very much in play. Another guy that's underpriced. Awesome matchup. Uh, not, not much else to say. DeGrom, um, I kind of already said it. This is a guy that he's thrown 20 and 34 pitches in his two spring training starts, his last two anyway. Um, I think he had one more before that. There's a, I mean, he said it. He said it in a report. 70-something for opening day is what he's kind of hoping for. So I know there was a, a quote from the manager saying 80 to 85 is doable. I would be shocked if da if Jacob DeGrom throws more than 80 pitches in this game. Um one of the best pitchers in baseball by far. When he's healthy, top three, if not the best pitcher. Um, I got some Cy Young futures on him just in case he does stay healthy for a full season. Dude had a 41.5% K rate last season in a very small sample size because um, he did not get like a full season. But his strikeout ceiling has just gone up. It just keeps going up. He's Max Scherzer. Um, 
the lineup, not great, but not terrible. Schwarber, Hall, Romuto, Trey Turner coming off of a fantastic World Baseball Classic. Um, yeah. I don't think I want to play DeGrom today. And I don't think I want to stack against DeGrom today. I just I don't think he throws enough pitches for me to want to play him. I agree with you, though. I, I'm just not sure I'm completely axing him out because he can go out there and strike out every batter he faced. I believe he did that in the start. Yeah, but last one, year. one bad inning, right? 22 pitch inning, one bad inning, and he throws like four innings. Yeah, you're you're absolutely right. He might only throw even if he's yeah, like like if he, he strikes out three guys, but he walks a guy in there. That's a 20 pitch inning more than likely, um, and he can't have too many of those, or he's only going to last three or four innings. I just the upside is so amazing. I th- I think I take a couple of shots on it. I definitely prefer Scherzer. I definitely prefer McClanahan and Cole. There's I think no... I, I think I sprinkle him in a little bit. In in twenty entry, I'm talking like fifteen percent maybe. Um, so he, he makes like four or five lineups. Listen, I'm not going to argue with anybody when it comes to sprinkling pitchers in today. Um, I mean, this is the best of the best. I mean, it's opening day. So I'm not going to argue with you when it comes to sprinkling a pitcher in. I'm just saying, for me, building three lineups, I don't think I get to Degrom today, and I could regret it. I mean, I could regret it simply, easily regret it because he is that like he's that good. He's that good. Um, yeah, he's that good. Just one more. The, the the Phillies lineup is a little bit depleted. Unfortunately, Reese Hoskins had that that. ACL injury, he's going to miss the season. Harper's still recovering from yep. Tommy John. So a little bit of a watered-down Philly lineup compared to what we were expecting here. So it does fall yeah, off. Yeah, the bottom half of this lineup's not great. Yep, yep. All right, let's talk Philly bats. Anything that you're taking shots on here? No, no no reason to um, try to attack the ground, I don't think. like I, I don't want any bats hit. from this game. Yeah, I don't think I do. Like Schwarber could hit a home run, sure. Um, Hall is a big power guy, but I just I'm not trying it against Degrom. That's the problem, right? We're not getting like a discount on Schwarber. Uh, Schwarber would like clearly be my like one off type of play here, but like where's the discount? Like he's the same price as Acuna and Buxton. Um, there's no discount, and it, I mean the the flip side of the argument is. Like my argument for DeGrom only going four innings, like you're getting five innings of bullpen. So maybe, maybe a three man stack, knowing that like you're going to get two at bats outside of DeGrom and they're, they're going to be less than 3% owned kind of thing. But I don't play enough lineups to get to that. Um, and I don't know if this is the right spot for me to do that on the three entry max. So we're going to move on. We're going to move on to the Mets and the Marlins. I'm very excited to talk about this game. Six and a half total. Max Scherzer, Sandy Alcantara. Um, Max is a slight favor here at minus 126. Two stud pitchers. Yes, I'm calling Alcantara a stud because he is a stud. <laughs> he is. All right, let's talk Max Scherzer. Um, kind of already hinted at it. This dude threw 100 pitches in his last spring training start. I think he has the highest ceiling when it comes to pitch count on the slate. Um, 30% K rate last season fantastic you just you know what you're getting from max you're getting a ton of strikeouts miami outside of jazz just does not have a ton of power in this lineup um this game's in miami even if they open this stadium it's not going to matter too much because 
it's just going to be a, a great spot for Scherzer to go out and have a fantastic start to his season. Yeah, pitch count is extremely intriguing. He had, he had 11 strikeouts in that start. Like, th- there's just nobody that has a leash comparable, at least that we've seen in an actual spring training game to this point. Awesome matchup against the the Marlins. They did add Arias to the top of this lineup, who's super low sh- strikeout and pesky. But then you follow it with guys like Chisholm, Soler, Garrett Cooper, Avi Garcia, like all of those guys strike out over 25%. A um, little bit less so at the bottom of the of the lineup, but it's Scherzer. He can strike anybody out. Um, yet another season above 30% last year. I he's if if it weren't for McClanahan's price, Scherzer would be the number one option. I, I think he is the number one option on FanDuel. My first FanDuel build, I had Scherzer. Um, I have Scherzer McClanahan on DraftKings on my first build, too. So that that changed. I mean, before the morning, but. I don't know. I might roll with my like one of my three teams on both sides. Just that first build that I had, um, very heavy on the Baltimore Boston game with Scherzer and McClanahan. So, all right, the other side of this game, I was not joking when I said Al Cantara is a stud. I mean, this guy just kind of dominated without like being talked about a ton to start last season. My only concern is the same concern that I had all year last year: the Mets don't strike out. This is the same type of lineup last year that we had for the Mets. They don't strike out. They put the ball in play. Alcantara is a guy that typically pitches to contact with ground balls. I think he goes like six or seven innings, and he throws like really clean game, one or two earned runs. I just don't know if he has the ceiling as some of these other guys, but I think quality start-wise, he gets a quality start here. Yeah, I agree. The quality start very much in play think he gets it. Um, he, he is in that upper echelon of, of real-life pitchers. But when we're talking about DFS, the easiest way to score fantasy points as a pitcher is strikeouts. And Alcantara, Alcantara was a 23% strikeout guy, not a 30% strikeout guy, or 40% strikeout guy if we're talking about DeGrom. He scores the, a lot of his fantasy points by going deep into games. He pitched so many games into the 8th and ninth inning last year I just I don't think he's going to have that type of a leash. Yes, I agree. He has one of the best leashes on the slate. He should go seven, eight innings. I just don't think that he has the full leash that he like. It, it got him a Cy Young last year because he would just he'd throw eight innings of shutout ball for every start like down the stretch last season. I don't think he he's going to do that. I think it's going to be more like six or seven innings of shutout ball, and you're probably going to get four or five strikeouts where a lot of the other guys are going to give me seven or eight strikeouts, even if they throw an inning less. So agreed. Like I'm just concerned about the upside and, and especially because of the, the matchup against the Mets. All right. Hitters in this game, any interest in the Mets bats here? No, I mean, Alcantara is just not a guy that's going to get blown up. Um, I mean, there, there's a lot of talented hitters in this lineup. I just, I don't think that this is the spot that I'm, I'm chasing it. I got no bats in this game. I, I, I like the only like jazz is somewhat appealing um, as like a one-off, but it, it's more of like, it, like this is a dude that can steal multiple bases and he has the power to hit home runs. So like he, that is somewhat appealing, especially against Scherzer. Um, I just, man, no discount, like facing Max Scherzer, no discount. Um, again, I don't think it's tough to make any kind of like one-off expensive one-off work. I I just, I really wish he was a little bit cheaper. Um, 
he's probably one of the top second base players on the slate for me, though, um, for what it's worth. Yeah, I, nothing to add. This is a, like Max Scherzer is somebody you can attack with left-handed power. Unfortunately, the Marlins just don't have any outside of Jazz. Arias has zero power at the top of the lineup. The only other lefty we have projected in right now is Joey Wendell, who had a 108 <laughs> ISO. Like, there's just no left-handed power in this lineup. So I'm with you. It, it's Jazz as a one-off, and, and unfortunately, that's it. Max is just too dominant against righties. Yeah. I was trying to, I thought they had one more lefty, but I can't think of who it was. Oh, let me look at the bench. They, um, Sanchez, maybe. I don't know if he got put on the IL or not. Jesus no, he's, Sanchez might so, start. The yeah, he's the, he was the lefty I was thinking of, Jesus yep. Sanchez. He does have a little bit of pop. If he's in the lineup, I don't know what his price is. Um, but they are he, they going to start him over Gary O? I don't know. We'll have there's, to see. A, there's a chance, I think. Yeah, because I think Cooper is going to be their everyday guy. All right, Pirates and Reds, eight and a half total. Mitch Keller, Hunter Green. Uh, Reds, a slight 130 favorite here. For everyone listening live, watching live, this is going to be a longer podcast. You already knew it. Um, opening day, if you're listening to the podcast, I'm sorry. But if you're listening to it on podcast form, I know you're listening at 1.5. It's okay. Um, I, <laughs> I feel you. I listen to a lot of my podcasts at 1.5 as well. All right, Mitch Keller, first... The Reds, not a great team. They're not a great team. This game's in one of the best hitters ballparks in baseball. Mitch Keller, not a huge strikeout guy. Um, I mean, this lineup is a lineup we're going to pick on a lot when it comes to strikeouts. But I don't know. Like, part of me is like, maybe today, maybe I take some shots um, just because like his price. But gosh, I I really wish like this was a 25% K guy and I could maybe take a few shots on him, but he's cheap. But I I mean, I would rather, I think, take shots on green on the other side of this game at like $700 more. Yeah, I agree with the the last take there. Mitch Keller is an interesting guy. I'm, I'm, I'll be watching him to see how he develops. He's was a big time prospect for Pittsburgh, came up and just got absolutely shelled his first couple of years he's kind of remade himself into more of a ground ball guy rather than a big velocity strikeout guy. If, if he goes back to striking more guys out, I think he could be really interesting. I think the arm talent is there. It's just whether he can find a breaking ball or something to add to his strikeout totals. Um, interesting pitcher still, still has youth on his side. Um, a guy I'm watching, but probably not a guy, even despite a good matchup, probably not a guy I'm playing today. And for what it's worth, the Reds have pretty much came out and said, and they're they're just going to run as much as they can. Um, so I don't know how that voids well for your pitcher. If they get on base, they're going to run. <laughs> so um, Hunter Green on the other side of this game, big-time fly ball pitcher, big-time strikeout stuff. Um, he's one of those guys where, like, he might give up a home run or two, but he might strike out eight. Um, you know, he's someone that I love on the props and fantasy pick-and-play kind of thing. What are your thoughts here on green? Yeah. I mean, just a massive fastball. Um, we are like a little bit of velocity inconsistencies throughout the year last year. Um, a little bit of inconsistency with the breaking ball, but a guy who has massive upside, if it all clicks for him, awesome matchup here against Pittsburgh. I think that you're playing both sides of this because he, the huge fly balls in this ballpark lead to a, a massive home run rate as well means yeah home runs in this. you don't want to be a fly ball pitcher like warning track power and other ballparks are home runs in cincinnati 
Yeah. So I think you play it and just hope that he's able to avoid the home runs today. Um, I think there's a chance that he, he could rack up eight to 10 strikeouts in this spot against a, a really weak pirates lineup. Um, I'm playing him for the upside, the big, the big stuff, the strikeout upside. Um, but I'll also be playing a few power hitters against him too. Yeah. This is clearly one of those spots where like, even in a three inch max, like I might have green on one team and I might have Pittsburgh on one team. Um, not, not on the same team, but yeah, I mean, looking at, looking at Pittsburgh, O'Neill Cruz is one of my favorite plays on the slate today. I know he's somewhat expensive, but you mentioned the ballpark. You mentioned the fly balls. And this is a guy that is a big-time ground ball hitter. He's going to benefit a lot from getting a pitcher that just throws a ton of fastballs. 61% fastballs. And O'Neill Cruz crushed fastballs last season. He had a 633 ex-WOBA against fastballs last season. An ex-ISO of like 318. So he crushes fastballs. Brian Reynolds crushes fastballs. Hayes crushes fastballs and um, Choi crushes fastballs. So I think this is a matchup where I might have like a little, you know, little stacky stack going here. You know, we get Andrew McCutcheon back in Pittsburgh is, you know, I think it's super cool that I'm guessing this might be his last season. If not, it's probably really close and it's cool to see him kind of finish it out in Pittsburgh. But yeah, Cruz, Reynolds, McCutcheon. I think Carlos Santana is a really sneaky play today. Um, he's really cheap on FanDuel. I don't know what his price is on DraftKings. I didn't look yet, but he's really cheap on FanDuel. He's 3500 on DraftKings as well. So I could see like a five-man Pittsburgh stack here. I don't know if I end up more on a five-man or like a 4-4 type of stack or even a three-man stack, but I like Pittsburgh in this game. I like Pittsburgh too. Um I think my initial lean is three-man stack, but Green does have control issues at times, too. Um, he's a, also a really young guy who knows how long his leash is. If you get them get him out of there after three innings or something like that, this friend's bullpen is, is, does not project to be very good either. So They were atrocious last year, too. Yeah, exactly, and they didn't do much to, to fix that problem. So I like Pittsburgh as a stack here. Um, I'll, I'll use three, four, and five-man stacks of them. Um, same same thoughts with like you're chasing power and like the ground like guys that are ground ball hitters generally profile better against fly ball pitchers. O'Neill Cruz is the perfect example of that. Uh, Ryan Hayes is another guy. Uh, Green did have reverse power splits last year, so I'm, it's not like I'm just targeting lefties here. Cabrian um, Hayes, I think, is a, a fantastic option. Also, he's in a prime bounce back spot. He had he's so talented and had such a bad year last year. Um, I think a lot of that is just product of team. I mean, the Pittsburgh team just didn't hit well last year. And I think bringing in a, like veterans like Santana and McCutcheon, um, it's just good front office kind of thing. I mean, they're not going to give you the production as some of these young power hitters, but they're going to help your clubhouse and they're going to help guys like Hayes. Um, So I think Pittsburgh team to watch. I don't think they're like a team that's going to win the world series, but I think they're a team to watch um, in certain spots and, you get him in Cincinnati to start the year. Going to the Reds bats here. I mean, Fraley is someone I played a lot last year. He's 4,200. Um, he has power. I think that he's a guy that you could take some shots on here. The fact that, like, they want to run. So, like, I wish Jonathan India wasn't so expensive. Because, <laughs> mm-hmm. I, I mean, I think his upside for, like, stolen bases is there. I just, I don't think Cincinnati's a five-man stack. But I definitely think they're a three-man stack. 
Yeah, I, I can get on board with that. Um, again, like Keller is a guy who has struggled with hard contact in the past a lot, kind of yeah. corrected that to some, some degree last year, um, still gave up over 35% hard contact to righties, 30, 34.5% to lefties. So he's still giving up plenty of hard contact, even though he's been better about getting ground balls. Um, not my favorite stack. Uh, I think it's it's a three-man for me, um, especially if he's going to, if Kyler's going to continue to take a step forward um, and just not a lot of talent throughout the lineup. I like the Fraley call. Stevenson is a catcher, expensive, but he's a talented hitter. Um, yeah, I mean, like Will Benson is near minimum price, talented prospect who really struggled when he came up last year with um, Cleveland. Um, but that's a guy who has pop in his bat. Like, I don't I don't mind taking shots on, on guys like that either. Yeah, he had a big spring training too. Um, yep. Not like a bunch of power, but he was on base a lot. And he was someone that stole a lot of bases. I love the Will Benson call. Like maybe it's not like a, a three-man stack that's like a traditional three-man stack, but you could go like Fraley, Friddle, um, Benson and get the three lefties and you get some power and um, some stolen base upside because like Friddle and Fraley will steal bases as well. And I think Benson stole like seven bases in spring training. So um, he's not he's not like... If India isn't working out as a leadoff hitter, I wouldn't be shocked if like Benson at 2K um, leads off in like two weeks. So, especially with like what Cincinnati wants to do this season. All right, cruise along. We got the Blue Jays and the Cardinals, seven and a half total. Uh, Manoa, Mikolas. Manoa is a 120 favorite here, so slight favorite. Um, I mean, this game definitely projects to be one of the closer games for sure. Wainwright um, banged up, so Mikolas starting. But let's start here with Alec Manoa. Alec Manoa is talented, talented young pitcher. A uh, bunch of strikeouts against right-handed hitters. We can't say that anymore against Cardinals, right? They're, they they went out and they got some lefties in this lineup. Um, they still very right-handed, power-heavy. What are your thoughts here on Alec Manoa? Yeah, Manoa's tough. Like he's just he doesn't he's very much in the Sandy Alcantara mode, like a really great real life pitcher. Um, but he he works deep into games. The strikeouts just aren't at that level of a lot of the other guys on this um on this slate. And the Cardinals are not a team that that will really strike out a ton this year, I don't think. Um obviously Goldschmidt and Arenado in the middle of that lineup, and then they've got some some talent they acquired uh, Wilson Contreras as well in free agency. Um, the young stud Jordan Walker coming up as well, who just he looks amazing. This is a tough lineup on the other side. Like I, there's power risk and there's just the lack of Manoa strikeouts that have me concerned. Um, I, I just I think I, I'm paying up for studs more than I'm I'm landing in this range on Manoa. I love him as a pitcher more so in real life than, than for DFS. I think though, um, when I can get guys, uh, like Nola and McClanahan in the same, same range as him, I'm just gonna, I'm just gonna do that more than I'm going to try to, to have Manoa throw a gem against St. Louis in his first time out this year. Yeah. I mean, definitely higher strikeout rate against righties, but I mean, you look at the righties in this lineup, Nolan Arenado, big time, no strikeout guy. I mean, the strikeouts you're getting here, like O'Neill. But, I mean, you can't really bank on one or two strikeout guys in this lineup and hoping that your pitcher hits the ceiling because of that. Uh, Miles Mikolas on the other side of this game, I mean, 19% K rate guy. This is a guy that just throws junk. He goes out. Um, 
well, he, he was in Japan or somewhere overseas and like came back over the States and like had a nasty slider sinker curve combo. Like this isn't a guy that throws a lot of fastballs um, and he just lives on junk. And that's how he, I mean, that's how he's kind of like, I, I just read a thing like the other day, like signed an extension um, to his contract and like, good for him. Um, went out and reinvented like how he pitches and, I don't think I want to play him today. Uh, he's someone that on certain slates that I'll take some shots on, but uh, the flip side of this man, like the Toronto Blue Jays lineup is just really good again. Like Springer, Bichette, Vlad, Kirk, they added Brandon Belt. They got Chapman. Varsho is someone they added to have some left-handed hitter in this lineup. Um, just a really solid lineup. Uh, sneaky pickup. They picked up Kevin Kiermeyer, and it's going to help their defense. Um, thoughts here on Mikolas? Yeah, no, no interest. Just a brutal matchup against the Blue Jays. They were an awesome lineup last year. They went out and they got more balanced, which was a problem. Like you could just like, they were all right-handed power hitters last year. Um, they've added some left-handed power now. So I, I think a nice improvement. It's a more complete lineup now, even than it, than it was last year. So low strikeout guy. I've been passing on them all slate. Uh, not going to start taking them here in this tough, awful matchup against the Blue Jays. Let's talk Blue Jays bats. Um, so I was looking before we got started at some projected ownership and like nobody, like no projected ownership for Toronto. And I, I want to like, just say like, I just want to throw the stats out and just say, look at the talent of this lineup and say, it's opening day. They're not getting any ownership. They're cheap. So you can play two top end pitchers with them. I think the blue Jays are a sneaky stack today. I agree with you. Like, I think you should stack Blue Jays pretty much every time they're on a slate. Like, Blue Jays, just, Yankees, Astros. Yeah. <laughs> um, You'll come so out ahead at the end here. of the season. <laughs> yes. And and Michaelis is a, a good pitcher, I think. Um, it, great control. It's just the talent on this lineup. Like, Michaelis is not a guy I generally stack against, but when it's the Blue Jays, I'm definitely going to stack against him. I think you certainly could hunt power here. Um, but I'm, I'm totally comfortable with the stamp, the stack just because of the, the talent in, in the lineup. Like, like there's only probably like Merrifield, maybe you play him for stolen base upside. Same with Kiermaier. Um, But the, the top seven, I'm very interested in exposure to all of those guys. Um, yeah. Like I, I don't even necessarily have favorites. I love the, the Varsho edition. If he ends up batting, we haven't projected to hit fourth right now. Um, love that. Like the, the three man like filling a catcher position is something I always love to do. And then belt is cheap too, with big time power. If he can rebound, you get the Varsho Kirk belt stack in the middle. I love that as a three man. Obviously I love Vlad and, and Springer as well. So Michael is not a guy that generally gets blown up, but hopefully he doesn't have as long of a leash. Um, the commands maybe not spot on like it typically is. They score a couple of runs off of Michaelis and then they, they start beating up the early, early part of the bullpen. Big time upside. Yeah, I mean, you got Whit Merrifield, a guy that doesn't, like, he adds upside with his, like, stolen bases. So there's a lot of different ways you can attack the Toronto stack. But I think I think they're definitely in play today. And then on the Cardinals side, another just very talented lineup. Like, Donovan is stolen base guy. Um, he's going to get on base a lot, too. And Newt Barr is a guy that has been a nice surprise for this Cardinals team. Goldschmidt, Arenado, Contreras, you know what you're getting there. Um, not the best matchup in the world, 
I definitely think this is a tougher matchup than Miles um, Mikolas on the other side, but I think, gosh, man, like again, looking at ownership, the, no one's playing the Cardinals today. I think if I'm running, if I was running like a 20 inch max, I think that I would get exposure to the Cardinals bets. I like exposure. I, I don't like stacking against Manoa because you mentioned how tough he is on right-handers. I think I would rather hunt lefty power here. There's a couple of good options. Gorman like has a big strikeout rate, but dude has big time power also. Yep. Um, I like Gorman as a one-off. Um, I I wouldn't hate starting with Edmund at the bottom, hoping you get a stolen base or a couple doubles out of him, and then wrapping it around to the top two lefties as well. Donovan and Newt Bar, we have projected to hit one too. Like I'm looking for lefties here. I'm looking for lefty power first, but I don't hate like a three-man stack also. And if I'm like if you go at the top and just go down of a new bar, I certainly don't mind throwing in a, a Goldschmidt or an Arenado with that, that three man either. All right. Rockies and Padres seven and a half total Marquez against Snell Padres, a two ten favorite here. Um, we'll go Marquez first. Marquez had a good spring. He looked really good. Um, this is a pitcher. Anytime he gets out of course, you know, you kind of expect better pitching, uh, big time road home splits throughout his career. And that's what happens when you're pitching course tough lineup here. Um, I, I mean, the Padres lineup is tough. It's so it's gosh, it's so good. Um, different slate. I think I would play some this slate. I don't think I play any. Yeah. I, I mean, it's just, it's a tough ass to, like this San Diego lineup is very, you can put them in the category, especially when Tatis comes back, um, put them in the Blue Jays Astros category, like just really solid up and down. I, I like Marquez. I don't, I don't know if this is a slate to play him. Um, I, I actually saw a couple of his spring training starts live. Um, he was touching 97 on the stadium gun. Uh, his off speed looked amazing. He was mowing down the Cubs. I want he faced them earlier a couple weeks ago. I was at the game. Um, so really excited like for him to rebound. Like he's a better pitcher than what we saw from him last year. Yes. And he's he's show he's gotten the results in spring training. So I'm interested here. I just I don't know if this is a slate. Like I think you play him if I was playing 150, he would definitely make a couple of teams. In a 20 max, I might have one one team with him just like you save the money. I don't think a lot of people are building that way. Um, like What's the reason to go below McClanahan on most lineups? I think Marquez is coming in super low owned, but just a brutal matchup here against San Diego. I am intrigued to see how he does this year, though. I mean, you're comparing everybody in this range to McClanahan um, because you're not going to need yeah. two guys in this range because of how soft pricing is. So, I mean, at the end of the day, if he outscores him, you're ahead. Um, do I think it happens? Probably not. Um. Oh, and yeah, someone in chat just said that this is the one spot that's like yellow orange. Um, of all places, San Diego is the place that we have to worry about some weather. Yeah, wild um, is that? <laughs> <laughs> uh, all all places, right? So yeah, I mean, I don't know if I do it. I don't know if I do it, whether or not w- with the weather or not. Um. So Blake Snell on the other side of this game. I mean. Gosh, you get those games from Snell where he just goes out and he dominates. Um, my concern is pitch count. 38 pitches in both of his last two spring training starts. He's someone that they were very careful with pitch count-wise last season to get started. Um, it's kind of baked into the price. He's 7,900. 
what do we think? Would 75, 85 pitches, 85, probably like a max for him. Um, what are your thoughts on snow? Yeah, I'm interested. Um, Colorado is better against lefties. So that's a little bit of a concern. The pitch count is a, a big concern, but Colorado is not very good. Blake Snell has a massive strikeout rate. He can, he can strike out a bunch in five innings even. We've talked about it multiple times, though. Can he outscore McClanahan, who's $200 cheaper, is a big problem for me on this slate. Like, I think the matchup is as good. If there's any weather concerns at all, I probably don't touch it. Um, I do have interest in Snell because of that strikeout rate, even though the Colorado's not a huge strikeout team. Um, Snell has the type of stuff where he can strike out 30% of any lineup. I'm interested holding to see what the weather looks like, holding to see what the ownership looks like, too. If it's a situation where Snell's 10% and McClanahan's 50%, maybe I end up a little bit underweight on McClanahan to to get slightly overexposed to Snell. Um, but again, that's what that's pending the weather holding up to. Uh, any interest in the Colorado bats here? I mean, Snell is a guy that can can get wild and walk a bunch of guys. Um, good pricing. They're Nothing not really cheap. standing out. Yeah. What's that? Yeah. I was just saying they're not cheap. No, I mean Profar at thirty six hundred is is okay. Brian at fifty two hundred. I need to see him healthy first. Not probably not playing McMahon lefty lefty or Blackman. Crone's expensive. Not not a ton of interest. I don't see a stack here, and that's probably how I w- would want to attack now. Profar is like the guy that I drafted so much late in best balls this year. Um, I feel like getting a leadoff hitter for in cores at that like I was getting him late in drafts. Uh, we'll see if it pans out, but uh, San Diego side of the bats. I mean, this is definitely a stack. I think that's playable today. Like you got Soto who should definitely benefit from no shift. Xander Bogarts, who's prime for like a bounce back year. Um, I, I mean, contract talks, I feel like were a big thing for him last year. Machado, Cronenworth, um, Matt Carpenter, who showed life last season in Yankee Stadium. He's 3,300 in this game. Um, so a cheap first base option. What are your thoughts on the Padres bets? Yeah, I'm interested. Um, if I do end up playing Marquez, I'm still stacking Padres more than I'm than I'm playing Marquez. Um, just a really talented lineup. Same thing as we talked about with the Blue Jays. Um, Marquez is a guy who's like bounced back and forth between – like really struggling with lefties and then holding lefties down. Um, like last year he gave up less hard contact to lefties than he did um, to righties. But a couple years back, he just got absolutely destroyed by lefties. So I don't have any real concerns about handedness here. Um, just give me the talented hitters, Soto, Machado, Bogarts, all outstanding options. Um, certainly love Cronenworth and Carpenter as well. Like Grisham for speed even a guy like Azucar, like to wrap it around. If he steals a base at the bottom for, for minimum price, I mean, don't hate that, that I would only use that in a lineup where I was paying up twice for, for pitching. But um, yeah, top of the top of the lineup is, is really where it's at. Um, I think they're, they're one of the top stacks. All right. We finish it up with Minnesota at Kansas city, eight and a half total in this game. Pablo Lopez, Zach Ranke, um, the Twins, a 150 favorite here. 
Pablo Lopez getting a matchup against Kansas City with his new Minnesota uniform on. Pablo Lopez is talented. The Kansas City lineup is not that great. Is Pablo Lopez the Shane McClanahan pivot? I think he is. (laughs) Love it. Um, uh, Another pitcher that just had a little bit of a down year. I think he's better than than how he pitched last year. Um, He's going to Kansas City, which is a good park for suppressing home runs. So I don't think you have to be worried about any type of a ballpark shift here. Um, because he is a fly ball pitcher who's coming from a, a great park for suppressing home runs. That might be the thing that bites him this year. Good matchup here. It's him or Marquez. I I, I don't know. I, I still am trying to work out where I'm I'm landing on that for how to get off of McClanahan. And can I can I lineups. sell you on Pablo Lopez? Let me have it. Let's hear it. He has a he has a meaningful start already this season. Marquez doesn't. World baseball okay. classic start for Pablo Lopez already this year through. 58 uh, pitches in that start. So one meaningful start already. I I already talked about this on the basketball podcast the other day. I think a quality at bats and meaningful at bats matter. And I think that world baseball classic starts and at bats matter way more than spring training at bats and starts. So um, I think those are the three guys that, I mean, Snell, Snell, Lopez, and Marquez are like the three guys that, if you're not playing McClanahan in this range, you are pivoting off of. I think a lot of people might pivot by just paying up for two pitchers, and I think that's very viable as well. But I think Pablo Lopez has great off-speed stuff, um, and kind of looking at like batted ball profile stuff. Um, this is, I mean, the the Royals a decent hitting fastball hitting team, but you start looking into some of this off-speed stuff, and I think this is a matchup like Lopez can do well in. Um, so. I like this spot. You look at the strikeouts. You look at the walks. I mean, this is a spot Lopez getting his first ever like career opening day start. I could see him having like six or seven like really good innings here. I can get on board. I mean, I I, I think he's a talented pitcher. I think he just had a down year. Um, I just I don't know if I need him on the slate is the only thing. I'd be really curious to see how how the McClanahan ownership shakes out throughout the rest of the day. It's going to be high. (laughs) It is going to be high, but um, (laughs) is it 30-40% where I feel comfortable playing 50 or 60% or is it going to be 50 or 60% and you basically have to lock them in your lineups to get overweight? So I think that's a that'll help me make my decisions down here in this range with both Marquez and with Pablo Lopez. Yeah, so, I mean, looking at, we have projected ownership up on Roto-Grinders right now, and looking at it right now, McClanahan's projecting for 30%, where Lopez is projecting for 4%. So, I mean, definite, like, I mean, the the chalky pivot right now is Hunter Green against Pittsburgh. Gosh, I'm going to make a Pittsburgh stack. It's going to (laughs) happen. Oh, it's going to happen. I'm going to make a Pittsburgh stack. (laughs) It's All right. Um, hey, we got another side of this game. We got Zach Granke. Um, you couldn't pay me to play a lineup with Zach Granke in it. How about that? Yeah, I mean, if we needed the salary, um, nope. I think <laughs> nope. he's not going to strike anyone out. Um, this dude had a 12.5% K rate with a 5x FIP last season. Like The fact that he's starting opening day is because of his name. Yep. No, you're right. Moving on. Yeah, I'm not going to let you listen. <laughs> I got to keep the quality up. <laughs> <laughs> All right, let's talk Minnesota Bats. They're my favorite 
contrarian stack on the slate. I love this spot. I love the idea of stacking against Granky on opening day. Buxton, Larnick, Correa, Kepler, Miranda, Gordon. You got Joey Gallo that gives some power. You know, Granky's not striking anybody out. Joey Gallo could hit two home runs here. Like, and we already know the Minnesota lineup. They posted their lineup already. Like, we already know where everyone's hitting. So, like, I I, I mean, listen here. Um, I don't know if I full this might be like a, a secondary like stack on a main stack for me, but I'm definitely gonna have at least one three man stack of Minnesota today. This might be the only place we disagree on the on the whole slate. Perfect. Um, I've seen a lot of people, <laughs> a lot of people on Minnesota. I don't get, I, I just don't think stacking Frankie against is Frankie awful. Is, he is. You awful. have to put out all of the good baseball. We watched that Granky throw for years. About, yeah. I'm not talking about 2015 Granky world series winner. I'm talking about the last three years. He just doesn't get blown up. Um, he's still good at controlling hard contact. He doesn't walk many people. No, he's not going to strike anyone out. He's a, yeah. He's but how many pitches do you think Granky goes here? Two. I mean, he's 85. You think he goes that many? 90? Yeah, why not? I think he goes like 80 pitches. He's old. That's why not. Why not? <laughs> so is because, Max Scherzer? Are you not going to play Max Scherzer? Listen, Max Scherzer <laughs> is uh, not human. Um, Zach Greinke lost his not human thing like six years ago. He had a 360 ADRA last year. I know that's I, a terrible metric. What is but... ERA? I haven't yeah. looked at ERA since I was playing high school okay, baseball. So, so look at the other stats. <laughs> he had a 5.1 XFIP. He had an 83% contact rate last season, Keith. We're looking at like They're power good. with Buxton. We're looking at power with Gallo. Like If you can't throw the ball by Joey Gallo, he just tees off on you. Does he? <laughs> no. No, he He's doesn't. Into the air. He doesn't, but hey, at, like in my head, he does. <laughs> <laughs> oh, right. I, I'm not I'm not trying to defend Grinky. I don't think he has any skills left whatsoever. I just think that he manages contact well enough. Uh he's very similar to Kyle Hendricks in that like he just doesn't get blown up a ton. Um it's Certainly anything could happen. Could he give up three home runs in this spot? Absolutely. The Twins have... Probably not. Right. Like that's that, a, Okay, that's even asking too much. Yeah. <laughs> might be just... Um, yeah, I, I was trying to, like, really quickly pull up how many pitches he threw on opening day last year, and I couldn't find it. He threw five quality innings against the Cleveland Indians last year with one strikeout. Well, yeah, strikeouts are not uh, not what we're talking about when we're talking about the stack. Like you're right, yeah. he's not going to strike anyone out. I'm, I'm still doing it. I'm doing it. I, I, I like. So the, my problem I is, I really like Buxton. I really like Buxton. I think Buxton is a top hitter on the slate. Um, so like, I knowing that like I I don't build a lot of lineups of one offs and build like a lot of either five three or four four teams or like on Fanduel three three two teams. I even build some three three two teams on DraftKings. So. I, I correlate my baseball lineups as much as I possibly can, so I don't typically end off on a lot of one-offs. Um, I just don't see myself one-offing Buxton, so, like, getting Correa... And, like, I feel like Correa has a lot to prove after everything that happened this offseason, too. I don't know. You mentioned the confirmed lineup. Max Kepler's leading off for 3,400. I can certainly get behind that. All right, there you go. I I did my job. All right. <laughs> 
any interest in the Royals bats here? Um, I think you can target some lefty power here. Um, I don't love the pricing. Like MJ Melendez has some pop at 4,700. Like Witt and Perez are expensive, rightfully slow. So they're great hitters. Um, but I think I'm just lefty power is what I would really be looking for. Pascantino at, at 4K is probably the guy. I don't hate yeah. Melendez at 4,700. Witt is a guy that could have a 40 stolen base season this year. Yeah. What he had 30 or something last year. Yeah. Good. Point so he's a, like, he's a Jack in the bag upside type of guy. And I believe Lopez does not hold runners. Well, either. If I remember that correctly, don't quote me on that, but I'm pretty sure he's slow to home plate. All right. One off. There we go. We, I can play Witt and bucks and together. And then I feel a little bit better. All right. Let's play the morning grind game. And then we are going to get out of here. Um, again, long podcasts. We'll get them down. Uh, first baseball podcast of the year. It was going to be long. You knew it. Under 8,000 to get six or more strikeouts. Who do you got? I mean, there's the no-brainer of the slate is, is Shane McClanahan. I like it. Um, strikeout-wise, uh, give me give me Blake Snow. Over 8K to score under 15 fantasy points. Who do you got? Love this guy as a pitcher. Completely agree with you that he is an elite pitcher in real life. Sandy Alcantara, tough matchup against the Mets. Strikeout rate. He needs to go probably tough, eight tough innings. Spot. Yeah. Yeah. You like the Mets are like one of the worst teams for right handed pitching in baseball. They just don't strike out. And it's a new year. Who knows? Um, I mean, I think all these guys get there. I think all these guys get there for what it's worth. Um, my biggest concern. Like, I'm not even going to attempt to say DeGrom gets under 15 because, no. <laughs> My biggest concern in this range outside of DeGrom is Burns. So, give me Burns. Over 4K to hit a home run. Who do you got going yard today? Give me Raphael Devers. Oh, you took my play out of all the guys. I'm, you take one of my Red Sox. Are you kidding me? Is say, that really how you want to start the season? <laughs> like, all right. All right. I hear you. Um. You know, just for that, I'm going to go Buxton. Just for that, I'm going Buxton. Um, right. And expect like three text messages when Buxton hits three home runs. <laughs> um, under 4K to get two hits today. Who do you got? Well, this is going to prove to you that I don't think Grinky's invincible. Uh, I just talked about it. Max Kepler is 3,400. He, he's leading off. We already know that. So um, I think he can certainly get two hits off Grinky. Give me Tristan Cassis at 2,900. He's well, one of my yeah. favorite value plays on the slate. Um, I don't know if he gets two hits, but I'll take the home run. So I, I make the rules in the game. So I win. All right. Give me a stack to score six or more runs today. I am ruling out the Yankees and the Braves. All right. Give me the Tampa Bay Rays. Just, oh, I like it. We haven't seen Erod right in almost over a year. So he had an awesome spring. We'll see if he can carry that into the regular season. I'm going to be loaded up on Rays today. Give me the Pittsburgh Pirates. I like that a lot too. Yeah, Pittsburgh. That's Hunter a team Green's going to be popular. Up. I think. Yeah. I think Hunter Hunter Green's going to get a lot of ownership just from people trying to get away from McClanahan. McClanahan is too obvious. Any chance yep. that like, does he stay around this 40 percent? I feel like he's going to get steamed throughout the day and end up at 60 percent when we turn him. I over, think he but, goes higher than thirty. Yeah, me too. He's too cheap. Yeah. Like, and it's not even like yeah, it's really too cheap. Um, do I have a second pick under 8k to get 6k's in case Snell gets rained out? Um, 
I don't. I would probably go Pablo Lopez or Manoa, depending on the Cardinals lineup. I think Green. I think Green struggles. I think Green is the strikeout guy in this range, but I think he struggles. Um. All right, that's it. That's it. Any final thoughts before we get out of here? Richie wants to know, you have a World Series pick? I know we both were on the Braves on the expert survey. Um, we got them at 10-1 to 1 before the line has moved them even more favorites. Yeah, um, yeah, Braves were my pick. Um, just think that they're a, a very complete team. They've done a great job maintaining the roster. Um, they have a bunch of young guys who are contributing. They made some trades to fill some holes. They potentially eventually getting Mike Soroka back, who was their ace three years ago. Um, like Braves are just really solid team. Um, yeah, go check out that expert survey that that was posted a couple days ago. There's there's some futures picks in there too. We we each made a World Series pick, a Cy Young pick, Rookie of the Year pick. Um, there's all kinds of good stuff in that article. Any props that we like? Um, I do like Corey Kluber under four and a half strikeout. So. I that was one that I wrote up on scores and odds that I gave out earlier. I like that. Um, any like any props that are jumping off to you? I mean, like props came out later in the day, so like I had a busy afternoon. I haven't had a chance to really like dig into it. Like that's what my next like two hours looks like. But um, is there anything that was jumping off the board to you? The one I bet was Corbin under four and a half strikeouts. I got it at okay. like minus one hundred five. It's all the way steamed to minus one forty six. So I don't love it as much with all that juice. Um, it's moved to three and a half on DraftKings even. So that that was the one thing that I bet as soon as they dropped. Um, haven't had much time to look into to anything else really. So on um, on Prize Picks on the Fantasy Pick'em sites, they have Corbin's projection at four. So. I think I go less than four over there, and then I don't have to play the juice. Um, yep. So I don't mind that. And I like Granky's under strikeouts on or uh, less than strikeout projection on prize picks as well. It's at three. I don't see him getting over three strikeouts. So doing a little uh, morning grind three man here that I just kind of threw together on prize picks. Uh, Granky less than three. Corbin less than four and Kluber less than four and a half over there on price pick. So let's start off with a nice little power play and get us a nice little five X to start the year. Appreciate everyone hanging out. If you're new, welcome again. If you haven't been hanging out with us for basketball, make sure you go over to the rotor grinders, morning grind YouTube page, subscribe to the page, come hang out with us live during these baseball shows. Hope everyone has a fantastic opening day. Whether or not you do well or not, enjoy it. It's back. Baseball's here. Good luck, everyone. We'll see you again tomorrow.